Hi, everybody. My name is Rob. I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, very grateful to be here uh, with us all tonight. Thank you so much for the invitation uh, to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, I, uh, I got on my knees a few minutes ago and asked my higher power to give me the words to help someone else. And, and that's my job, to try and be of service to someone else. Um, the big book says our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. And that's a lot to do in 15 minutes. Um, my experience speaking is uh, often that I ask for help and then the timer tells me I'm done and I don't remember anything I said. So uh, I just wanna put it in my higher powers hands and hope to be helpful. I heard uh, a podcast of um, a circuit speaker, somebody who's asked to speak at assemblies and conventions and the like. And that person said something like this, um, the most important thing that we can do for newcomers is to help them feel as comfortable as they are likely to feel in order to begin to do things they don't yet believe in to accomplish things they never dreamed possible. That is a mouthful. To try and help people feel as comfortable as they're likely to feel so they begin to do things they don't yet believe in in order to experience results they never dreamed possible. I don't remember much, but I remember that. It helps that I wrote it down. So that's kind of my job. Um, I, I have to qualify by telling you what it was like. Um, I, I, I ate a lot at every opportunity. And um, my problem is one of overeating. I don't have any experience with anorexia or bulimia um, or other compulsive eating disorders. Um, but I do recognize that folks in our fellowship have those disorders. And I hope they feel as welcome as somebody whose illness is mentioned in the name of our group, Overeaters Anonymous. Um, anyone who has a compulsive eating disorder is welcome here. I remember as a young person, I was a fat little kid. Um, I remember food being very important. Um, I remember feeling that um, at the end of our family dinners, um, I really could have eaten more, but more was not available, not because um, we were unable to afford it, but because a certain amount of food was made and portioned out, and that was what was available. So it was really special when um, the family decided that tonight we were going to have, can I talk about food in this meeting? Can I mention food? So, so the big deal, um, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it, was pepperoni and Cheez-Its, 
which were the fetish food for the family. So uh, dad would sojourn out and come back with a couple sticks of pepperoni and a box or two of Cheez-Its and the hoard would be divided up and people would go off to their separate places to eat. Now, I don't think that's normal family eating behavior, but it felt really normal to me. Um, I was an only child, uh, read a lot, isolated a lot, and I was fat. I was not height, weight proportionate. I was the kid chosen last for any sports activities uh, in gym class at school. Um, I, I don't remember a lot from my childhood. Um, my mom and dad were active alcoholics for a period and then they were uh, alcoholics who were not drinking and who were presumably recovering. Um, and so the household was you know, a little bit chaotic. Um, I, I remember um, I have a strong personality. My mother has a strong personality and we were often in conflict. And the power differential uh, when you're a kid is that uh, it's better if you shut up and retire uh, from the field of battle to fight another day. So that's kind of what it was like growing up. Uh, I think when I became pubescent, um, I, I was really aware, I, well, I became aware that there were things called girls and that they were no longer to be avoided. In fact, it would be good to have some. And um, I, was, I was really overweight. And so um, I uh, talked to my mom and went off to the pediatrician and I was given a diet. And the diet worked really well. It was simple, common sense stuff. Like if you're having a sandwich for lunch, have it on one piece of bread. Put whatever you put in that sandwich on one folded over piece of bread. And don't have chips and don't have desserts. And so there was this long list and I was highly motivated and I lost weight and I became height weight proportionate and I remained so, I think, until maybe my mid-30s. Food was really, really important to me. I, um, I ate a lot whenever possible. Loved buffets, any opportunity for unrestricted access to food, and I'm your boy. And um, that, you know, that characteristic at the age of, I don't know, well, <laughs> four, five, 12, 16, 20, 28. I mean, that characteristic food being really central to my life, not your food, my food. That was what I was concerned about, that I got enough and I got what I wanted and I got when I want it, when I wanted it. Um, that, that was um, really clear to me. Um, I became, um, I got involved with a, a Buddhist group and um, folks decided to have a retreat. And the 
theme of the retreat was in what do I take refuge? And immediately, and you know, I, I had been an active alcoholic and an avid recreational drug user. And um, I, I, I liked uh, girls a lot. And, you know, I was looking for any and all distractions. And my immediate response to that question posed to the group was, I take refuge in food. I knew immediately that's at the center of my being. I remember being, I was a claims adjuster, tree fell on house, I'd come out with a checkbook and a really warm attitude and help you solve your problem. And I went on storm duty after Hurricane Andrew down to Miami, Florida. And I found a wonderful Italian restaurant like New York City or North End Boston, top quality Italian restaurant in, uh, in Miami, Florida. And uh, we were given a per diem for food and I spent it at that Italian restaurant almost every night. And I talked to my claims adjuster cronies and everybody came out to the Italian place. And after a while, um, we, we were staying at a really amazing place in uh, Coral Gables, Florida. They just opened it up early for storm adjusters. I don't know, biggest pool in the world. Al Capone lived here. I don't know, it was great. It was a lovely place to be for seven weeks. I mean, leaving aside the work part of the assignment. And I was, I was sharing with a bunch of my buddies who were out at the pool drinking beverages and hanging out. Um, I offered the opinion that there was nothing more important in the world than food. And um, I, I mentioned, including sex, that food really trumped everything. And these were a bunch of young men and women uh, away from their families. And I remember being struck by the fact that they all turned their head to look at me. Conversation stopped. They all looked at me like I was from another planet. And I kind of had this inkling that how I felt about food was maybe different from the way other people felt about food. How I felt about food brought me to a place in 2003 where I was 244.5 pounds, which is um, clinically obese uh, for a person who's 6'1". And, um, and, and I thought, you know, this is okay. Um, I'd, I'd go to meetings in my other program and they put out cookies and that was, that was great. And they'd have anniversaries and sometimes the cakes were actually edible and that was great. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I lived my life with food being the center of my life and that was fine. And a friend approached me one day and he said, you know, Rob, I've been going, I, I realized that I have a problem with food and I've been going someplace to get some help with that. And I think maybe you could find some benefit there as well. And so I thought, well, what the heck? Um, I don't like TV, I'll go to another meeting. And so off I went and it turned out I was going to OA 
and possibly FAA and, and who knows what else. And I started, um, I started with the program of Overeaters Anonymous. Well, that's not entirely accurate. I, I think that I was given a gray sheet when I came in. Here's our recommended plan of eating, which I think tells me that this might have been 90-day OA or perhaps FA. Uh, we don't tell people in OA uh, what their plan of eating will be, but apparently we did back then. And I got a sponsor and I started following a plan of eating as my sponsor and I adapted it. And my gosh, I lost 70 pounds. It was great. Looked better, felt better, having a wonderful time. Life was beautiful. Everybody was asking me, Rob, you've lost so much weight. Are you well? Thank you so much, Ellen. And uh, happily, I was well. And um, what I was, was on a really outstanding diet offered to me by my sponsor and others. And I lost weight and I didn't get a connection with a higher power that would solve my problem. And so a couple of years later on vacation, I thought it would be a great time to have a slice of pie. And in a couple more days, I had another slice of pie and I was on the rocket sled to hell. And um, in 2019, in December, uh, I was back where I'd started um, 239 and a half pounds, looked horrible, felt horrible, having a horrible time. And it was, you know, 16 years later. And um, I sat across the table at an, a lunchtime meeting where eating was permissible. And somebody pulled out item after item after item after item. It was like a magician pulling rabbits out of a hat. I was amazed. And she said, um, I'm so sorry to be distracting with all of this. I'm in Overeaters Anonymous. It's really good for me to eat at noon every day. And this is what I eat. I hope it's not distracting. I called her a week later. I said, I'm on fire. I need to be put out. Will you sponsor me? And my journey began. She said, well, I don't know about that, but you can call me. And I adopted a food plan and I started losing weight and I started going to meetings. I thought my problem was food. I'm so wrong. My problem is not food. I heard a guy in a meeting in Provincetown say on June 26th, 2022, I have only one problem, the inability to be with myself and the world as it is. That's my problem. I am maladjusted. I am not connected to God. I'm not connected to people. And I have to eat to quiet down all of the upset. I found in OA, not just a diet, because you can use a plan of eating, whatever you choose it to do, you can use that as a diet. I found a tool that helps me to remain abstinent so that I can be present to do the work of the steps and to be present for my higher power to come into my life. I've 
been placed in the most amazing position where I get to welcome newcomers in to OA. We have a beginners meeting every Tuesday night in Western Mass Intergroup on Zoom. We have an abstinence speaker for 15 minutes. And then it's question and answer time from the newcomers. Thank you so much, Ellen. So I'll put information on that in the chat. Um, I've, I've been offered the tools to use to claim a life that I never believed was possible. I have hope that there will come a time when I can be with myself and the world as it is 24-7 instead of just part of the time. And I owe this all to the meetings of Overeaters Anonymous and to a higher power who loves me and cares about me. And I'll pass with that.